welcome to Imagine Me and Yuri Kuma. I am Panda. I am your host, and I'm here as always with Alice, my co-host. Hi, Alice. How you doing? I'm doing all right. And we're also here with Alice's lovely wife, Cass. Hello. Greetings and salutations. And returning our our two podcast champs, the 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 two people who are waiting for the next three episodes to be over so that I can release them from their podcast shape prison. Josh and Vana, hello. Hello. It's not that much of a prison, it's really. <laughs> it's very spacious, roomy. We're, we're going to end up in some of the Penguin Drum episodes. <laughs> Actually, there is, there is specifically one that I want to be Episode in. seven? I want to be in the one with her backstory. Okay. I'm just imagining the, the door to a cell yep. opening and you yep. step out into a completely identical cell and then the door shuts. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, no, there's... There's uh, one particular character whose backstory resonates really well with me, and y'all probably realize that's a bad thing, but at least I'll have commentary on it. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, uh, looking yay. forward to it. Cool. But for now, it's Yuri Kuma. For now, mm-hmm. we are here to talk about the Gay bears. Or the bears. Or what we could do bears. is talk about Kuriyuma, the theoretical opposite of Yuri Kuma, which would be the chestnut <laughs> dance which... with boys. Yes. <laughs> What? It's real. <laughs> what? Seriously. I'm cursed. We went on a we went on a rampage because in episode I think it's episode ten though. There's yeah. someone there's a bear and with it's like not chestnuts to the plot, but there's yeah. a bear with chestnuts. And I was like, point. why chestnuts? So why chestnuts? I looked up chestnuts, chestnuts are curry. And I went, Oh, hey, that's half of Yuri and half of Kuma in the other order. And then I went, What if they had curry Yuma? What does Yuma mean? And Yuma <laughs> is to dance. So it would be chestnut dance and it would be with boys. Ah, yeah. I see. Yes, and and you know Ikuhara and Ikuhara, so I don't I don't trust that bitch for a second. <laughs> maybe maybe that was Sarah, that was that was a, a hint at Sarah's and mine. No, there was no asshole involved, <laughs> except Ikuhara. There is a pole shoved up the bear's ass in the machine. Anyway, we're that's episode ten. Yeah, this is why it's tricky to watch about, two episodes. We're, we're, we're talking about episode nine, nine which happens. What is the episode title for episode nine? I don't remember. The future of the girls. Yeah. The future of the girls. Yeah. Before we before we talk about this episode, I feel like we have a very important thing that Yasha and Vana need to talk about, which is that they got a new kitty. Yes. Tell us about we, the baby. He's an Egyptian Mao and his name is Muti. And the reason he's named Muti is because apparently cats didn't have generally didn't have individual names in ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, they were called Mew or Mute, which means one who mews. And it's supposedly related to the uh, verb to see. So it's pretty perfect for him because instead of the normal M on his forehead, he's got a little I instead, mm-hmm. which is that's genetic he's of spotted cats. Eye. Yeah, the Egyptian mouths are most closely related to the original domestication of cats. Like they're the most closely related to the breeds that were domesticated in ancient Egypt, and they are, I believe, the only spotted cats there are. Bengals, like, Bengals might be. They have, yeah, yeah, but, but that's since yeah. that's a yeah. crossbreed. But yeah, so he's a, a pretty special little guy, and he. Farts like nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> the stinkiest fart. The worst. It's oh, the worst. You kitten walk- farts. The worst farts. The whole Seriously. room feels like kitten farts, man. It is. It's, it's you intense. walk into the room and it's like See, this is just fart. You let you let one man into the house and this is what happens. This yeah. is what happens. Now it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the consequences of bringing. Yep. He's gonna leave man. kids in his underwear now and everything. <laughs> He's he's a very sweet, affectionate little thing. He he has immediately started like falling asleep on our laps and and shit like that. He wants you to pet him until he dozes off. And it's that kind of thing. Like, you know all those videos where you'll watch kittens try to fall asleep and their head keeps nodding? So he doesn't do that, but he does that with purring. So he'll be like, buzz, 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 buzz. And the only indication you have of him falling asleep finally is when the buzzing stops. And you can listen to him struggle to stay awake because he keeps trying to purr. 
And then eventually Aww. he just nods off when the purring stops and you can leave. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's a baby. You, yes, should, you should come uh, visit once it's safe. Yeah, I it, I literally, like, the moment you started posting pictures, I was like, You're like, I gotta get there. When can I book a, I am vaccinated, when can you I You are vaccinated, a, so it might when, be fine. When I can know. I book a flight to Alberta right now? <laughs> so that I can see the baby. Yeah, he's so sweet. He is incredibly sweet. He didn't even hide for a day. Usually they hide no. for a day, but no, he was just like, nope, you are definitely my, my mom's. How did he, like you. you had to fly to get him home. Yeah. How did he take that? He was fine as long as I pet him. If I stopped petting him, he he started yelling and he kicked up a ruckus. The, the airline attendants were in love. Oh, yeah. I bet. Oh, I bet. Love. Yes. I Everybody. imagine that being an airline attendant in that situation is similar to when I worked a drive through at a fast food restaurant and people would come through with their dogs. Dogs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was truly the most magical time ever. Although Everyone one time, one time somebody like rolled up their window because they like, I guess, saw me and a coworker like cooing over their dog through the window. And it's like... <laughs> What's your uh, problem, man? Like, you have a cute dog. Do Do you know how many, how few joys I get? During the <laughs> oh day my lord! Okay, this is this is extremely valid because that is exactly what happens at my job. Like every once in a while, someone will bring their dog in, and it's totally not allowed, and it totally breaks the rules. And every nurse is totally legally liable to kick out the dog. And what we all do is just freak the fuck out and play with the dog. <laughs> and go the dog the dog and then we'll say some shit about how it's actually proven to be healthier for patients to have dog therapy but you know we're the ones with the dog <laughs> the real I dog mean, therapy is for, is for me it's yeah. true that is a thing actually they have they have said that is a thing for nurses with burnout but yeah, and uh, I was just thinking animals that, are always in that situation with the person rolling up their window. Like that's when you write a note that says, do you realize your dog is the only joy in my life right now and slam it up against the yes. window? <laughs> if, I, all that shit out. if I would not have gotten like, if not fired, a stern talking to because I was pretty, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I know you don't need to do very much to be good at a fast food job, but I was pretty good at my job. So I might not have gotten fired for that, but nice. they would have been like, Emily, I'm going to, I'm going to put a bleep there, even though <laughs> everyone knows what my real human Christian <laughs> name is. I, I don't think I have actually ever called you by your Christian I don't think very I don't think anyone on this podcast right now has ever actually called me by my real name. That's more of Why? a like you chose your name. I have called you that one time and it was because everyone else was and I got really confused. <laughs> I thought I was maybe supposed to and had gotten a memo. Oh yeah, it was probably just around like like my wife and friends who have are used to calling me by that name as opposed to my i almost called it my professional name your your name and make you have to bleep it every time i say it you know what (laughs) call me by your name that's what yeah that's where my that's where my brain went i was just like can we just get some little nas x in here can we can we get little nas s to come watch you today (laughs) i sincerely hope in my heart of hearts that kenny gohikahara has seen the call me oh he a hundred percent i would be very i would be very sad if he has not i'm looking forward to the twerking the devil plot arc in his next anime (laughs) why well i mean it's really not that far from what he's already done i I am absolutely willing to believe this is absolutely the next ikuhara project yeah just walk walk right right up to it yeah, we need Just, a collab. Yeah, collab. We need to, like, eyes open, straight towards hell. Yep, <laughs> that's where you go. Kepi twerk. Kepi pole dances into hell. Finally, an opportunity for the little Nas X demon dice collab. I didn't know I needed. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we should probably talk about this episode. Let's do it. Episode All nine. Right. Shall I start it? Yeah. So we pick up right where we left off because this is basically a two-parter. We had kind of sort of talked about some of the things in this, but kind of railroaded back. 
So now we will get to Chang's. So now that she, now that everything's been kind of disclosed to Korean in a way, she's I'm gonna kill all the bears and presumably shoots King. She falls, and we see the smoking gun. So yeah, and the falling star, which the, mm, the star pendant. Nice, nice I call out to Jinko's that. I can't believe fucking dead. I can't, I, believe, I can't believe they, this is Rika. It's the same Jinko. imagery. It's yeah, um, I, I was lying. Ginko has no character arc at the end of the series. Um, she's just dead now. Uh, the entire series completely realigns around Lulu from this point. I just didn't want to spoil it for you all. <laughs> okay. <Y'all. laughs> I love y'all. So <laughs> we have found out that Ginko was that involved. Yeah, was involved with Sumika's death. She saw Sumika die and didn't interfere. She literally played the trolley problem, okay? okay. Okay. Vana and I have some issues with this. Okay. We'll get to it. We'll get to to it. (laughs) It's literally the trolley problem. Okay. She picked a trolley problem and everyone's mad at her for it. We see uh, students gossiping. A classic Ikuhara shot panning over students gossiping. Yep. That's there's yep. a bear. It's still alive. A We're bear so got worried. shot. That is still alive. And this... we just saw some or saw somebody who's dead walk past the screen. Yeah. And then the door. Oh, look, opens. The door opens and there's a bear and a human on it. And I'm just mad that I didn't really realize... say the door to what? The door to friendship or something. But it's, it's the door calling. in that lily garden. That they yes. Yes. Yeah. The secret Suspiria, passage across the walls. Yes. Why did I not just assume that? I know, like, why did oh, I just sh- not? Choo, choo. You know, like, I will say, it never occurred Uh-oh. to me that the door here would actually mean anything. I just thought that this was just, like, there was, a shed. There was a garden and, like, a shed, and that was it, and it just, <laughs> I don't, like, it was foolish of me, obviously, but yeah, I just never I assumed that that door would mean fuck all. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's get back to the show. Let's get back to the show where uh, Ginko has been shot. <laughs> Ginko has been By shot. This is not a warning. I this feel like this, this should have. We should have seen this coming with the whole Anthe stabbing Ichina thing. This is not a false alarm. Ginko has been shot. End of the story. She's dead. She's dead. Roll credits. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, no. There's a bed. <sighs> and and that evil one. Yep. That's dead. Um, there's Mitsuko? a ghost. Mitsuko, is that Mitsuko? her name? Something like that. Uh, Yorizono Mitsuko, I think, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't remember her name, so. Door of friendship, my. Let's just call her know. Mitsuki. Don't gay people like Mitsuki? <laughs> I love Mitsuki. Yorizono Mitsuko. She was the girl Rei gave her star pendant to on the night of the storm. Says the teacher we've known all along is a fucking bear. <sighs> and so she just, like, sits and sips her villain wine and claps because she 100% goes, ha 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 ha, I manipulated Lulu into getting you killed. Nothing can possibly go wrong. I feel like you do better with villains when you don't actually show what they do in their Everyone solitude. Hush. Can you hear that? <gasps> you try to attack the mic. <laughs> Oh, what a beautiful boy. Uh, what we missed because we were freaking out over the baby is that Yurieka says that Kareha is going to become her bride in a box. Yeah. She, the, she's going to kill her and eat her. The bride in the box feels like a big follow up from Penguin Drums thing because they yeah. had child in a box then. Well, yeah. Now we have bride the child in, box. in the box and then you put it in the child we'll, binder and then you get the baby funeral. Yes. <laughs> we will explore uh the child in a box when we get to Yeah, and like the child So grinder. that is a pattern that he has, but like bride in a box is like uh, yikes it's yikes because i mean there's that whole like mausoleum thing going on clearly a bride in a box has to be well, dead to possess again, them the boxing helena thing yeah and then there's just the the fact that it's specifically a bride which is an intimate relationship and this yeah. is kind of fucking creepy given the relative ages of all involved well did any of you actually tried to keep look his up? bride in a box did, yeah. did any of you actually look up Boxing Helena? Um, yes, I did. I did not want to. Why yeah. did I do that? Yeah. I'm very, like, very like I said previously, it. I am familiar with Boxing Helena, even though I have not seen it. Yeah, there's definitely like 
like an energy there. And I feel like this is like Ikuhara. I feel like he's trying to explore the whole like friendship versus not friendship thing. And there's like all of this like conflagration of like friendship versus being gay and all of this like blending it all together and trying to make it vague, but not vague at all because you know, (laughs) it's Ikuhara Ikuhara and they're fucking licking each other's lily pussies and stuff. But... <laughs> I'm naming I'm just this gonna ep- go. I, barring any other funny things we say. I guess I have to name this episode uh, "licking each other's lily p words." <laughs> I wet ass p words. You know what? In this I'm episode, lily ass p words. Lily ass p words. <laughs> I'm just gonna go to the Look. world of Curry Yuma now. Uh, <laughs> bye. <laughs> I can't wait for uh, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion to cover the opening of Hurikuma. <laughs> oh, my lord. Okay, but don't joke. That would be totally dope. That would be amazing. Alice, scale of four out of, scale of one, out, one to ten, like, how, how highly do you rate this cover? This theoretical cover we've designed? I live in hell. <laughs> air. Extremely So fair. that's a ten, right? That's a ten out of ten. I win. The more pain it causes Alice, the better it is. is Something that I've learned. Facts. Oh, hey. It is fun to torture my friends, I have to say. This is totally off topic, but I got got this amazing pain scale that I want to show you. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I I need to make an Ikuhara pain scale. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I I could do that with basically any character, but yeah. But Oh, uh, my God. I'm going to make an Akio uh, Ikuhara pain scale, but it's all pictures of the same face. (laughs) Because he has no range. Kind of kind of like Kureha's, basically like, I'm in love, or I'm shooting you, and there's not really a whole lot of room between them. Yeah. It might just be not even a line, so, but just... So, Alice, where on the pain scale was Megan <laughs> the Stallion <laughs> covering? Uh, probably somewhere around um, Munch? 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 Okay. Munch. Yeah. However you say his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Munch. Munch. Mm-hmm. Munch. It wasn't quite a dolly yet. <laughs> All I'm right. I'm feeling that, Picasso. But yeah. So anyway. Ivana, you definitely have to make an Ikuhara pain scale now. I do. What was it I said that, that we needed to make? I can't remember now. It was long. We're time. not very good at this. I'm anyway. sure you'll remember. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, like, not when it's relevant now. I mean, later yeah. when it isn't relevant. No, it was some stupid ass tweet about Cyanji, I'm fairly sure, because I love dunking on him. That's right. It's all just so fun. Mm-hmm. You're a lot. So Ginko's sort of uh, confused that a fucking ghost is talking to her. So that's, you know, confusing. Confusing. I would be pretty confused. Oh my God, this girl is totally. And, and she's got like a bind, like, like wrappings around her chest that I'm, you know. That's like the toga bandage. She actually got shot in the arm, but her chest <laughs> is being bound. These guys are just totally fucking ripping off workers' comp with this shit. What did you get shot in? The titty. No. Oh, that's right. That would be a titty shot. I feel like this whole sequence of a dead person that's super horny talking to Ginkgo, like, this is all very much like, ooh, what is happening inside her head? And and now they get into how did you kill Sumika, which is- Which is a jerk off, and I'm just gonna get mad at it. Where, yeah, where we started to have- issues issues i mean extreme issues i would like to preface our issues with (laughs) a lot of things but in this case i would like to preface it with we do understand that that this is probably ginkgo's subconscious and her her. subconsciously blaming herself and it's kind of an illustration of how how awful it is when your subconscious just goes off on you like that and rips you to shreds yeah yeah um, I mean, it is an entire mood. Like you are your own worst critic, and you will yeah. beat yourself harder than anyone else will. Yeah, and I feel like that's exactly. kind of what this is. On the other hand, looking at this from like a, an actual realistic standpoint, this is barely her fault. It is not. Get it? It is it's, ba- it's barely. Barely. Fuck you. Like, I mean, I've I've known this was coming for like. The whole time now, so I was wondering. <laughs> You've been holding it in. That is yeah, so admirable. Like, I, I have one hundred percent known the whole time that Ginko is only a criminal bear in her fucking head. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is one of those episodes where, like, we are really our yeah. own worst critics, and we think the worst of our own 
self reactions. Yeah. You know how disappointing yeah. it was to find out that Ginko wasn't a true criminal bear? I didn't think she was in the first place. It seemed yeah. very, like, there's no way. That just seemed like, because she was only ever, like, she was the only one who ever called herself that, and we never saw any yeah. evidence of it. We never, like, any of that. So it was like, She's just you keep calling guilt. yourself that, yeah. but what do you actually have to back it up? Exactly. I mean, like, I could refer to myself for a criminal for reasons I will not state, but yeah, yeah. everybody here <laughs> knows those reasons. <laughs> so this isn't a surprise. It's interesting that she's Crimes. so hard on herself, metaphorically, in this sequence, given, like, you know, there's all of this jockeying between bear land and human land and the severance barrier and now in her own head. And, like, all of these settings are toxic. Mm-hmm. Like, none of this is any good. Everyone is getting fucked everywhere they're at. If you're in the yeah. human world, it's this, like, horrifying, like, military militarized yeah. p- police state that definitely we have no modern way to to look at that and go, yeah, that sounds Ikuhara about right. said, the world is shit, and the only thing that will rescue you is loving your friends. Yeah, that's basically... Yeah. And, and yeah. when we say friends, he was right. Ikuhara means... He was right. Friend. Well, I mean, Yuri friends. Friends and mean, friends, though. It can mean friends and friends. I can't believe that Ikuhara made, did Foucault again, but made it hornier. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Ikuhara. Everything is, in fact, prison. We need to make thanks, Ikuhara, <laughs> mean. Except for prisons, which are like schools. Schools. Schools I mean, and prisons are, kind are of very, the same. yeah, big. Don't the you same. go to both of them to learn how to be a criminal? Yeah, that's that yeah. we did it. That's basically Foucault. I mean, yeah. look, Uchin's got a fucking panopticon in it, so like yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna Well, uh, jokes aside, jokes aside, yeah, like bouncing off of what you said there, there's a bunch of shit in here which makes me say I'm a hundred percent positive that at some point, even if it was only to look cool in his college years, Ikahar definitely read for some Foucault. Oh, for sure. Because for there's sure. too much of everything is a prison in this show for him to not have. Yep. And it's that's like such a theme in all of his work is like the prisons you make out of social situations yeah. and things like that. And like we have all of these different premises, but every show he's done, including this one, you sense there's a prison there. Mm-hmm. Like the, the school, the school these girls are in is literally from fucking Suspiria, mm-hmm. you know. Utena is very pretty school, but is it's definitely a prison. a prison. And then there's prisons within the prison. Yeah, like, like this is the, the even this bed garden. is a kind of prison because this whole sequence is happening on a big elaborate, uh, elaborate bed in front of the severance barrier with with Ginko sitting on it and Ghost Girl with her, and it's all very like, oh, it's she's the, trapped. She's trapped. It's, she's it's, the, so... it's the bed of her own mind. It's the like thoughts you have as you fall yeah. asleep at Being... night. It's She's yeah, yeah. so trapped stuff. that she has to be fed even and washed yeah. in this sequence. Like, yeah, her unconscious is feeding her and taking care of her, but that taking care is not yeah. great. It's also, it's also making her relive this thing while it's doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. like, you know, bonus here, it's not just that the bed is beyond the barrier, it's that everything around it is an icy wasteland filled with Yeah, it's snowing. Tanks. Yep. It's an unwelcome world. You don't want it. You don't want to get out of a yeah. bed if it's snowing outside. Yeah. However, that bed is is doing some abusing of you. So yep. Ikuhara also <laughs> yeah. said nihilism is the way to go. Yeah. Break everything. It all sucks. <sighs> Except your friends. Yeah. Also, this fountain uh, with the severance barrier in the background, every time I see it, it's huge amount of energy. I can see yeah. that. Like, I feel like that's definitely like. That, well, that's I mean, especially shit. with the surrounding shots here with, with the, bridge, the bridge over the, the yeah. stream, it just resembles like Madoka in yeah. ways I would be surprised to learn were it, arrived uh, at completely okay. without the input okay. of Madoka. 20, 2021 Ikuhara saying I've never watched Madoka. Yeah. Is is nineteen ninety seven Ikuhara being like, What's Rose of Versailles? Fuck yeah. off. <laughs> like, just just own it. But honestly, yeah. honestly, I think we have a good relationship with him because I think he hates us as much as we hate him. Yeah, it's, it's you know, this yeah. whole, like, I feel like watching this is just being smacked in the face repeatedly. Yeah. With, like, with, you know what Ikuhara is and this show also is? It's any editing and I have all the others as well. It's, it, if you went to, like, some, like, second-year college student in philosophy and went, 
what content do I need to absorb to be the most pretentious douchebag possible? And they gave you like the list of like the Foucault and the Nietzsche and the dee 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 And then went, okay, you should also check out some like psychedelic shit from the seventies from when everyone was on drugs. Cause there might be something there. Mm-hmm. And like you, you take in all of the things that would make you a pretentious douchebag. And the output is Ikuhara's body of work. <laughs> <gasps> did you hear that? Yes. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he beeping. Beep, beep. But yeah, like that's that's how this feels. And to be honest, the fact that like I feel like Yurikuma is a little bit bumpier in the storytelling and the characterization and stuff like that. And in a way, I think that kind of helps it because it leaves this stuff closer to the surface. Mm-hmm. Like you you don't have as stable a surface to hide it all under. So you end up seeing all the cracks in the sidewalk, and in all the cracks of the sidewalk are like copies of fucking Nietzsche and Foucault and mm-hmm. crap. So, yeah. so it's kind of interesting to watch him show more of his ass because <laughs> he can't help it. And that's what I feel like, especially in this episode, because it's very kind of ponderous I mean, and quiet. You know, honestly, though, it's kind of hard to avoid seeing Ikuhara show his ass because mostly he's just taking great big steaming shit yeah. on whatever it is he wanted to see. It's true. Yeah, it's true. So... Oh, this is this is that other bear setting herself up to eat Sumika by getting her alone. Yeah. With lily seedlings. And Sumika, because Sumika is Sumika, is just like, yeah, that sounds great. And we'll fill the flower bed with lilies. Like, oh my God, I hate this bitch. I'm sorry. I don't like her. I know you don't like her. We'll have more to you say about to like that everyone. later. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. You don't have to like her. She's a plot device. And, mm-hmm. and now she's getting washed. She's getting a bed bath, like literally. This is not yeah. what getting a bed bath looks Ginko like, just so you know. Bath, not Ginko is getting like a sexy bed bath. Yeah. So Wait, this is, is is that what that store was referring to? Bed bath and beyond. Bed bath. This is the beyond. Bear bath and beyond. Bear bath and beyond. I think we just okay, that also be a good plot episode name. Yeah, bear bath and beyond. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- th- that is that has we got to be we need to We we've not <laughs> we've got some good ones in so far. I've always wanted to know what was beyond. <laughs> now you know. Well, if you watch the movie Click, you find out it, no. that the beyond is a remote that can speed up or slow down your life. You know, on the plane, I was reading Lovecraft for the first time, and I gotta say, this Beyond is kind of disappointing. <laughs> uh, look, this Beyond is like you get like like lezzing out on a cool chair. There like, aren't like that in the even any star-headed, weird old ones with tentacles on their faces. And I legitimately look, can't be in everything. Have on loan from a friend somewhere in this house a book of. H.P. Lovecraft inspired erotica, and I oh, have to yeah. say that we—I oh, yeah. think we—we we, oh, we can God. find now the middle ground between well, these two beyonds. <laughs> oh my God! So she knows she was targeting Sumika, and apparently this is going to be the entire premise for her guilt trip, which is I can't, I can't. <sighs> that flower? Do you like it? Oh my God! Do you have to repeat everything that like anybody says around Sumika in a shitty voice? Because, because yes, because yeah. I hate how everyone acts around her. Do That's you why like lily flowers too? These flowers make me reminisce about a precious yeah, memory. Yeah, like it's come on, it's precious so precious memory about a friend I love. Come on, you can just interpret it as Sumika being hell yeah, I like this wet ass lily. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! Another another good contender for episode title is "What Ass Lily." Yeah, yeah. So Vanna hates Sumika. Nobody can take away the love I received, which is kind of ironic. That's gonna backfire on you, pumpkin. Well, not on her. That's kind of ironic (laughs) because it's Kinko. She said it to. Yeah. Then episode ten happens, and we find out what happened with that. Yep. Yep. Okay, here we go. Um, oh, the whole, I'm so sorry I didn't mean to ramble on like that. Fuck you. This is, okay, she's Anthe and Shiori, but with no guile. Like that, that was absolutely guile. I absolutely believe she meant to say everything she said there to Ginkgo. She is not apologizing there. Yeah, it's She very... is making a pretext for why she was going on that way. She, she, she was literally humble bragging. She's humble bragging. Yeah. 
She she fucking knows about Ginko. She has known this whole time, in my opinion. Interesting. I given what we find out later, I absolutely believe there. I don't think it's ever stated in the series outright, but I believe in that. In that sequence, Simika is supposed to be aware of Ginko. I'm willing to level. So so anyway, someone found her bear her uh little hair thing in its little circle. Yeah. Like, like it's a little ring and later gets worn as a ring and I'm like, Well how do you put that on your hair? That would just that just doesn't hold anything, it just falls off. It's literally there to make you look cuter. And yeah, like the whole like white background washed out thing is very um that's like very Ikuhara opening energy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because he's like notorious for his like white background stark openings, and uh he does seem to like switch to that when he's doing things important i guess so sumika runs off like oh i'm gonna be gay as fuck and and ginko's in the background getting like oh fuck you you're but i saw her first it's literally but i saw her first which is a plot arc that you can do with young lesbian girls i guess because we all get all oh my god they were childhood friends you don't say thanks oh my god they were roommates yeah that's the exact energy So we're seeing Ginko, more of God. dead bear girl who I don't remember her name. Yeah. Yurizono. There's yeah. there's a shot here of Ginko that is very stylistically similar to how they were drawing Utena in episode 12. Yeah. Why don't you tell Like even with that? like the exaggerated like hair around her face, like that that's like the guilty drawing or something. Like there's a style that mm-hmm. like there's a, a set of shots that get you know, that correspond to, like, the guilt and all of that. Ginko could have saved her, but didn't. That's... <sighs> it's a very Ikuhara the... type of guilt. Yeah, like, she, so the other one says, like, I'm the one that killed, the, I'm the one that ate her, but you're the one that killed her. And it's like, oh, and then she starts stripping because you've, you've committed a sin and it's sexy and I'm a, I'm a <laughs> bear and... Oh it's, There's a lot of... It's like, on one hand, it's like... This is very spurious. This is be very spurious as an accusation. On yeah. the other hand, this is also this is a thing I could definitely see someone who is emotionally kind of compromised in this situation thinking and genuinely believing. That doesn't make it less stupid or frustrating. Also, lest we forget, these girls are like 15. I yeah. remember, like, I mean, you know, I never felt that I was responsible for somebody's death because that wasn't a situation that I was ever in at that age. But like, I remember being that young and like, I, I, the phrase I want to use is overestimating my influence on events that occurred. By, by that standard, honestly, like Ginko's overreaction here is, a lot milder than some others might be because yeah in a lot of ways like she she's she's not entirely wrong she absolutely maybe could have done something and didn't and i think the real thing that like i want to interrogate is whether she's really what she believes here is the truth that she because she's firmly convinced like this is because like you know i let my my animal desires get the better of me i I lusted after Koreha so much that I allowed someone else to get killed instead. And I kind of wonder, like, how true really is that? Is that is is that really the entirety of what was going on there? Because you did come there to save her. I don't really buy but it. But you could by the time yeah, by the time you get there, the killing blow is like two seconds away from being struck. Like, did you, you just choke? Also, you know, Vana, you should totally be standing this scene because this is literally somebody being turned on by their own guilt, and that's the I've most been Vana I've been trying not to of. say anything about that. But... <laughs> nice. I, I've look, brains are weird. I sure hate the idea of being erotically self abused by silver haired weirdos in my mind. <laughs> the worst plotline for me. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, baby uh stepped on the keyboard and sent Aww. it back a little bit, I think. Yeah. He wanted us to rewatch this, I guess. Oh, Kumashak! Sexy one. She's gonna eat Sumika, which is gonna seem like a weird plot point later when we find out Sumika's a bear or whatever. <sighs> <laughs> well, she doesn't have Yuri in her name. How is she gonna be a bear? 
because Ikuhara only makes patterns when he's planning to break them. I mean, I feel like I have opinions on what Sumika is or isn't, but we'll get there. Same. Like, That's an incredibly I, got... profound thing to say about Ikuhara, and now yeah. I have to go back and watch it with that in mind. <laughs> I mean, his shows are More very rewarding to rewatch. Is there any soul who can live without sinning? No! That's the... Yeah, like, this is the whole problem that we have with it, is just, she's taking way too much responsibility on herself for this. She, like, despite having a good reason not to make the effort, she still made the effort. She ended up crippling her her effort herself Mm -hmm. in the end, but also, she has no responsibility to Sumika. No, she doesn't. She really doesn't. And frankly, it's just what I would have done. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, She's just this, like... She's valid. She's just this mostly good-hearted little weirdo, and she's not really bad. Yeah, the the worst thing she's ever done is not managing to be a superhero one yeah, time. Like, like she, she, she sees a murder being committed and doesn't personally stop it from happening. And, and Arguably, she had the power. Yeah. Arguably, she she's like a 15-year-old girl, and this is an extreme emotional situation. And she got there, like, way too late to do much of anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, there's cutouts of words and shit <laughs> on the teacher's desk or something. Yep. That's, that's how Akio sends all of his memos in the school. Okay, that is how I got A's on every <laughs> fucking school project in my entire life. Oh, now we get the, uh, the spooky black lilies. Okay, but this looks dope. All right. It does look dope. It kind of looks dope. I, I love this it whole sequence. Cool. Like it, it, it's like leading up to this like anime fusion DBZ montage, and then at the last person. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, like this shit with the fusing and like it's sinking into her uterus, literally, and like Kuma Dark. Uh, okay, and this this has to be like a Terminator reference with that the is, eye or something. I'm pretty sure it is. I believe it. She rises from the bed like she's the fucking Undertaker. It's awesome. Her eyes glowing. Like... Michael Myers is coming to fuck you up. Okay, so like, if if the whole thing was like her fusing together, is that like her id accepting, uh, like her body accepting her id basically, and now they're one, and her id is kind of, oops, I took over. And here's where we got, yeah, the, yeah, this Kuriyuma, <laughs> yes, <laughs> alternate universe. Love this fucking character. Actually, wait a second. These photos are- remember this. Yes. Oh, that's Kaoru. Oh, yeah. No, she looks yeah. like... Yeah. Next episode. I know episode. who that is. Next episode. Anyway. Mm, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. So he's got the chestnuts. Mm-hmm. I forgot this character had a name. I completely forgot that she gets a title card and a name. Yeah. Uh, Butterfly Hairpin Girl. Yeah. She has a name, and I have literally She's never... very important in the next episode. I mean, she's mm-hmm. she's incredibly important. I don't think I have ever I remember a single other character addressing her by name, mm-hmm. which I actually love because she's become effectively the leader of the Invisible Storm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I forgot that they actually just outright said the fucking can't read the atmosphere idiom in this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, it's. They, I think they just straight up use the idiom the whole time, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. They can't read the they room. They put it right up I, on the screen. Yeah, I, yeah, just in I case you missed we, it. I believe we talked about that in oh. the last episode, right? About Oh the... my god! I mean, we, we talked about it multiple times on this and then on the the, uh, the non-Spadaro uh, cut. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, like, uh, yeah, I know that I know that it's come up at least once before. I don't remember yeah. when because... It, probably like twice now, yeah. As everyone knows, once we record an episode of this and once it is released out into the world, I vacate my entire brain of anything that is it's said. It's true. It's true. That's just how podcasting Big works. Same. Big same. Now we're coming to the part where sexy bear guy really wishes he had a soul gem. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so uh, god, someone someone I, I love this gag. I, I don't care. This is, 
Someone explain this gag before I lose it, because I, I'm okay. So the sexy bear is spying in into a girl's room, and the girls are getting it on. And there is there hasn't been yet, but there will be some grinding. He just said there, that it, it's it's to enforce their invisibility. Oh my god! And like, he says it won't be long until the climax is reached. While we've got a picture like of a girl grinding grinding on, on another thigh. guy's thigh or girl's thigh. That is just, sexy. Like, there's no sense words. God, I don't know where to begin. Like, the fact that the animation is just so weirdly good. silly. The fact that he has to make the fucking climax joke. What's the name for that thing? The Sakuga. Sakuga. Some some Sakuga. Someone grinding on a girl's hip. I mean, I would I would hardly call that one Sakuga, but yeah. Like, it's very... The whole gag... This is one of my favorite visual gags in the whole show. It is sorry, a very funny sorry. gag. I do like it. <laughs> yeah, like... Okay. I, I, I will actually defend it as a creative choice on the level of it being plot important, but I don't know if we have time for that rant because it, it might be a whole other tangent. It is extremely high up there, for sure, as a visual gag, but nothing is ever going to top Kepi's head turning into a phone. Oh, no, no, like... Yeah, that and the look, horrible noise he made when the phone rang. Look, Sarazamai was the first time in a while where Ikuhara just got basically told you can do whatever the fuck you want. And half the sequences in Sarazamai are just like, we're gonna make everything bouncy as hell. So it's he so much funnier. He didn't get told that. He flat out lied to his, his financers. He's done that every time. I know he's Good. done that every time. But yeah, but no, he didn't get told he could do whatever he wanted. He just went ahead and did it yeah. because we we do stand a king. Yeah. The workup he gave his there. investors did not mention buttholes at all. We, Good. We, yeah, well, we do stand a king, know even though we hate about him. the buttholes until he got more into the Kappa research. Apparently. Yeah. No. You know what though? He wouldn't have we mentioned stand a it game? anyway. You know what? If we're thinking of like uh, how he depicted like buttholes, like like how he took the concept of a kappa, which is supposed to be a serious thing, apparently, sort of, uh, and, mean, and got, like, Sarah's and my Your mileage may vary. Yeah. But, like, this is basically, so So I feel like Yuri Kuma in that case is basically him taking that same lens and putting it through, like, like horror movies. Yeah. Especially, unfortunately, uh, probably for some Japanese viewers, especially Western ones. I don't think that's, like, me having a Western filter, necessarily. He no. is using shit tons of Western references. But, you know, he's Jalo. always been more interested in yeah. Western movie culture yeah. than he has been in Japanese movie culture. Even. Well, we, do, we still need to watch House, which I'm very we sure is in this need, anime. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. You, you absolutely need to watch House. It's definitely in there. Yeah. But, it's, but it is but, very, like... So that's why this is so weird and goofy, but it's also every fucking horror movie you've seen. And some of the action ones. Honestly, I I said it before on the podcast, but I do want to reiterate, this show got about a million times better when I realized that the horrors that's like the, oh, the horror references that are here are meant to show the underlying horror of what's going on. Yeah. Like the process of exclusion played uh... straight, that it wasn't being shown as like oh well this is a healthy relationship or these are healthy ways mm -hmm. to relate to each other or anything it's but all this horror. is supposed to be horrifying and that's why he's framing it with all these horror movie devices and references yeah. honestly that yep. made this show a million times yeah. better I, I i really didn't appreciate when i first watched the show how much it made reference to those sorts of things mm -hmm. and to be honest i it didn't gel with me until i knew more about that so thank you, Ikuhara, for watching The Terminator and Suspiria and <laughs> all these other fucking movies you're definitely referencing because you seem to be fascinated by girls in confined spaces with strangely lesbian undertones and overtones <laughs> and midtones. Subtext, yeah. text, is, text, is, subtext, text, subtext. Is, is Ikuhara just like the guy who did Wonder Woman? Uh, is the original yeah. Wonder Woman comic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just part of that same that same cult of belief. Well, no, no, not enough people get tied up in Ikuhara. Um, yet, yet. <laughs> don't don't okay. at me if there's something in Penguin Drum I should know about. I have not seen it yet. I will, I will not be I will spoiled. Stay quiet then. <laughs> well, I will. Oh no! <laughs> I'll stay quiet on the status of Ikuhara's BDSM references, which I think we can already assume are are there and significant. I mean, yeah, yeah. In this show, it's just all ribbons, but there's a lot of... Does somebody other than Vana or me want to narrate a little bit, or...? 
because we've been hogging the airtime. Roll that beautiful bean. Roll that beautiful bear. Oh my god! (laughs) So we are... Okay, so here's an interesting detail. We're doing the search evil thing. The Invisible Storm's new catchphrase has gone from let's search evil to let's search bear, which is very funny. Mm. So it's becoming an even more targeted. It's no longer just about anyone who stands out. It's about specifically anyone who stands out is part of this social group. Mm -hmm. Uh, The montage is going, I think, basically identically to the others. Mm -hmm. The only other major detail is that Kureha is about to vote, and she sees, I believe that's Ginko's name on the registry. Mm -hmm. Yep, Ginko and Lulu. And she hesitates, and we get a flashback to the top of the roof where we hear exactly what Lulu said to Kureha. Mm -hmm. Uh, She did not claim that Ginko killed Sumika. She basically validates Ginko's view of the situation, that... Ginko let Sumika die. That Ginko was Sumika's killer's accomplice. And Ginko claims responsibility because, of course, she feels incredibly guilty. And those two things combined were what caused Kureha to snap like that because, to her, she's just been told... This this has been someone who she was already suspicious of suddenly saying to her, you know, I killed your... I killed your girlfriend, by the way. Yeah. And she's like, wait, that was completely irrational of me. Why did I do that? Kareha yeah. gets a call from what <sighs> sounds like the Wall of Severance. It's actually Eureka with a voice changer. Womp womp. And she lures Kareha to the Lily Garden, where she runs, hoping that Ginko will be there. Entrust your body to the bears and your love will be approved. Well. That's not creepy at all. So Kureha rushes to the Lily Garden, mm-hmm. and the bears at the Wall of Severance are watching over her, and they mention that Yurieka is unmistakably guilty, but they're not going to do anything because she made a contract with them for this this exact purpose. You know, th- this is what she, explicitly what she made a contract for, they're not going to intervene. Once again, the bears of the Wall of Severance are awful! Yeah, I don't, I don't trust these male uh, observers of the events in the plot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just not not great energy coming from them. Uh Yurieka speculates about you know, remini- reminisces, not speculates, about the time she just ate Kureha's mom and goes like folds that picture into a little origami lily and goes like, Ah yes, I am I've been waiting for this day you know, for your for your daughter to mature so I can finally, like... Be a creep. Kill and eat her. And she compares it to the love that Rhea left behind blooming and opening its petals like a flower. God! The fucking bird background. Birds mean death. But just birds mean you die. It's psycho. It's all psycho. Yep. <laughs> and the yarl thing. So yep. her growl is different from the others. Yeah. It's yarl growl. Or something like that, which is yeah, 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 for girl yep. and also like a cool fashion so, style. Um, I mentioned ago. to Vana while we were watching this for the second time, I guess, yeah. that this show would be a like a thousand percent better if Kureha was a Gyaru. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Definitely. I would, I would watch that version. That would be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would watch the shit out of that. I feel like that would be... Someone who is good at fan art, please uh, help me budget. (laughs) Kyaru Kareha. I cannot afford a commission right now. That would be so dope. Yeah. This This whole, like, plot arc with this teacher is just... It's murdering me. I'm dying. It's no, so... don't die. We have three more episodes. <laughs> it's, it's so horny. Like, you want to fuck... Oh. Yep, Kureha freaks out because, oh shit, this bear that's coming in on me isn't Ginkgo. And I recognize that haircut. And the little pin. Or is that like a cutie mark or something for this particular bear? <laughs> I guess. It's a pin. So we, we get a stylized can. bit of from Yurieka's perspective where she does the little heel tap that her the guy who raised her did as she jumps over Kureha, tears off her clothes. The heel tap is from Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah, it's a Wizard of Oz reference, but it's it's explicitly here matched to the way it was shot with. Oh, and then Yurieka gets fucking shot. Good. Peace. By 
the one good thing that the Invisible Storm ever accidentally does. It's true. This, this is, is it. You you got your one. Yeah, this is the one. This time, the, the bitch gets shot. Thanks, Ikuhara. Yep. So, Kureha runs up to... Yurieka, in her dying moments in her office, hallucinates Rhea finding her and kind of has this... Rhea, Kureha's mother, and kind of has this heart-to-heart with her where she admits, like... She kind of, like, says her I'm sorry's, everything is fucked. <laughs> I have... I have, I am the one who has the last pages of that book you you drew. If oh. I remember right, like, her dialogue kind of goes along the lines of I was stupid to think I could take... I should or I shouldn't have tried to take the love that existed between those two girls. That was wrong of me. I see that now, you know. It sure was that kind of thing. Yeah. But you know what? I just can't get behind the complete lack of foresight that she had. It's like, oh, if I eat this person, I might miss them later. Just never crossed her mind. That that like, is basically they're... well, from her perspective, if she eats them, she has them forever because she conceptualizes relationships as if something's precious to you, you have to preserve it forever, and what better way to preserve it than make it part of you? Yes, but molecules aren't very, very good at conversation. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the irony of that of that self defeating belief. You yes. don't understand <laughs> molecules. Okay, yeah, but you don't understand molecules either. I I dare you to tell me that you've had a coherent Look, conversation with a molecule. If there is something <laughs> you want intensely enough to delude yourself in this way. Uh, if you consume it so that nobody else can have it, that is ultimately the most you can have that thing, even if you no longer communicate with it. Mm-hmm. Because denial yeah. of access to others is is emotionally equally as valuable as a way to okay, consume and isolate something. Okay, but that's just a huge problem with people in general, is that denying something to somebody else is considered a valid form of appreciating something. Yeah, like, or... like at some point, that's I'm just bullshit. going to, like, kill and eat you, and nobody else will have access to you, and that will be the ultimate way that I love you. <laughs> you'll be you'll be pissed. I'll kill your friends and family to remind you of my love. Da 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 da. I mean, that's more valid than eating yep. a person, though. <laughs> is it, though? It, it is. I, it, but, yeah, like, again, layers of metaphor. The yeah, yeah, what I, we're going for here is... I know, I know. Yeah. It's just... It's just. It's, <laughs> it's very it's, funny. It like, is, she, she's... She absolutely, like... Th- this is very much both a genuinely touching, heartbreaking moment, and also, I can't believe that, you know, the leopards are attacking my face, says man. Yeah. I think this entire cast is like that. Yeah, you know, like, what, though, like what rubs me the wrong way about it is the same thing that rubs me the wrong way about Cube. It's like if you had put an iota of foresight into this, if you had thought past the the just the moment you were looking towards, you would have seen that this is a bad idea. Like if you had exercised your brain cells just a little. <laughs> it's true. I'm assuming there's more than one of them in there. Like, look, this but, is an I mean, entire plot line of characters who are intensely fucking traumatized and messed up. And frankly, I don't think Ikuhara had long enough to depict how fucked up no, everyone no. was supposed to be. No, yeah. like, it's still, it's just like, but damn, they're broken. That's just something that really bothers me when when I'm expected to believe that a villain is like powerful or that they've outsmarted people or that this person is both an extreme manipulator and also incapable of seeing something this obvious yeah it is it's a minor inconsistency the way i tend to bridge it in my head is um like if you think about who she's manipulating she's manipulating teenage girls yeah so it's kind of like while in a position of authority so it's it's kind of like you know is she really that far ahead because also immediately yeah. after succeeding in her plan she gets fucked yeah, yeah. so like yeah. clearly clearly she's not actually supposed to be that good of an imp- you don't yeah. have to be a genius to outsmart ginkgo is what i'm saying <laughs> i mean we love we stand fair. but also that is fair it is true <laughs> it's fair but it is a problem she's that trying. i have with the way people portray villains and the way that they is give this their character a villain flaws. though yeah are we gonna call her? She villain? ate her mom, and she tried to eat Kareha. Yeah, she's a villain. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, think, I think it is worth saying that the the definite serial groomer 
Well, not yeah. serial, but definitely, but groomer oh. is probably supposed yeah, to be a villainous like, character. Who at this? I forgot about that. Vaughn <laughs> yeah. is just like I've been watching Ikuhara so yeah, long, I'm like, but well, it doesn't even yeah, register yeah, when some adult is grooming children anymore. There's that, and look. <laughs> but but I am saying that that's a problem that I have when people write villains and when they portray villains this way, but they give them a flaw that doesn't make sense with the. Yeah abilities they're mm-hmm. supposed to have especially yeah. when it's being manipulative because i know how to be manipulative and like, it's yeah like it I takes said, like, a lot of foresight that setup that kind of thing works a lot better when you have a long time yeah to build it up. yeah like yeah like it, when you when you have a long period you can go like you know you were so smart but you you overlooked this one tiny detail yeah. and yeah it, it, or your hubris it, misled you or it, whatever it, it, your Hamarsha's finally come back for you, eat shit. Yeah. You know, that yeah. that that Whereas, is yeah. unfortunately one of the things Yurikuma is not as good at delivering on. Because like you said, it was just way too compressed in time scale. Like, yeah. you don't have long enough in I mean, nine episodes to depict that kind is, of nuance. This is in no way saying that Yurikuma is bad. It's just a personal peeve. And I mean... yeah. It feels that Madoka times, did this too, and Madoka yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I'm enjoying this a lot in part because sometimes I'm so frustrated by what it could have done yeah. if it had had more time to mm-hmm. bake and had more time to give nuance and complexity to these characters because it's done, it's been done before. Like, I, it's something I know he's capable of, and a character like this is frustrating because I feel like, you know, another two or three episodes and you would have gotten that nuance that would make it make sense that she missed this one thing out of willing blindness. also our personal preference for stories that have a lot of sprawl in them and yeah. kind of lay themselves out in a way where you can explore them and get into all the mm-hmm. little nooks and crannies that might not be explored in a tighter storyline. Yeah. We do like that. Yeah. Yeah, like whereas... I- yeah, whereas Yurikuma yeah. is very much what if we did a soap opera in 12 episodes? <laughs> yeah, it's like speed running a longer, uh, yeah. Man- but what if we speed long. ran Twin Peaks is my feel with Yurikuma. <laughs> yeah. But so we're at a point where uh, she is telling her hallucination of Rhea that the box in the very middle of her, like, you know, mausoleum. And I would like to point there out is no there middle. is no middle box, there can't yeah. be a middle box. There are an even number of boxes on the way up and in the center. Yeah. There are is a separator between them. Yeah. So while so they're saying there's, no there's middle a middle box. box, it pans in on a, an absence of a middle box. And yeah. that just honestly, he, he did that on purpose. <laughs> and I hate him. I hate you so angry at that. You, he's absolutely enraging. Anyway, so you know what that is? That's those those fucking pictures where they have the things that just barely don't fit in each other. Yeah, yeah, it's very. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Why? To me, it's I don't know. It's it is sad and it's tragic, and I feel bad for this character because yeah, there's no middle box. There's no middle box. (laughs) One middle box. Some boxing contains the end of this story, and she stole it (laughs) from Raya to keep the her kid from being a lesbian and attaining I don't know like she she basically just like I couldn't help but take it because you loved your your kid your daughter and I felt like if you love her then you can't love me and therefore I had to take it because it was a thing that you gave love to yeah so I'm saying this to you while you know even though I'm still incredibly evil. She's talking to the molecule. And she's the, talking to this the is daughter. not a good person. This is an old woman trying to get into heaven. Like, uh, And so it was actually Kareha along that she says all yeah, this. Kareha has listened to Yurieka's last confession and mm-hmm. she has achieved, you know, like the dying, some measure of small absolution in this, we yeah. hope. Yeah. And then it's a pan shot. I thought you were the... talking about Kareha for a second, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> we like Kareha, how dare the desk. you? And the desk has like that eerie friend picture is on. Yeah, on, the it's picture been folded is into gone. that Lily. Fucking yeah, like, which is all very picture, big right? death energy because lilies are also death. Yeah, yep. they are. So they are a funerary the, flower. Actually, this, it's mostly the little death. But that's you know. something that we had wanted to address during this episode, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something oh, about yeah. the smell of lilies. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, because... Yeah, because... Why are we all about lilies? The smell of always lilies. remind me of the past. Um, it's... <sighs> the smell of lilies 
is an extremely indolic scent. And indoles are basically what the human body produces, both in life and in death, like in terms of body odors or cadaver rot or anything like that. Uh, lilies and jasmine are among the most indolic yeah. scents there are. And that's a reason that a lot of people really don't like the scent of lilies is because it's kind of eerie and uncanny in that it, way. It smells a little bit like death. Yeah, it smells and a little bit like And probably the only person that can report to the accuracy of that. Yeah. <laughs> as a nurse. That is true. There is like, there is like a, I don't want to say umami because that's not quite it, but there's like a, a musky depth that certain um, flowers that are in Dalek have, lilies being one. And it is a smell similar to, to not rotting, but almost rotting tissue. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is what dead people, it's bizarre. It's so fucked up. But it's also strangely pleasant on its own if you acquire a taste for it. Um, I mean, also, she's talking I'm, about okay, the lilies, not the dead bodies. I'm going to cut to the chase. Indoles are also pussy juice. That's the other thing. Oh. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's the same like molecular yeah. smell that develops. Wow. Sex fluids, death, and indolic flowers all have this scent. Yep. So enjoy Oh, good. That. It, it, it's all of the themes of this show yeah. in one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, lilies were absolutely chosen because of their connections to those things. And I think people make those connections because the scent of lilies reminds them of those things. Yeah, pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That was that was what we wanted to say about the smell of lilies. <laughs> the future of the girls. Oh, and now it's uh, all of these bath shots are right, they're kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cute. Oh my lord, little little uh, the little funerary to blow where <laughs> little funeral Kareha lit lays out her teacher with a little the origami lily in her paws and then opens the the box. Not the middle box. It's just no a box. box, and it has. Ikuhara did that specifically. Oh no! It can't be. I can't believe that this. And then cut to black. Yeah. Yeah. This is my future. I I can't I can't remember. Didn't we already have an Ikuhara major plot arc about somebody who thinks that their life is foretold in a book? <laughs> Ikuhara likes to repeat themes. Let's just a little bit. Yeah. There's these honestly there's just mashing up the insides of his own head, which is fine. And again, um, yeah, yeah. Which is good. That's the other comments ours. I want to make about oh no, that would be better for episode. Two. Yeah, okay. um, we have probably a lot that we want to say about the next episode. Do, so, do we want to like we, we we've gone on about this minute. episode for a bit? Do we want to wrap up and um, I think we met we we should probably wrap yeah. up because I think I have to run to the post office in an hour. Yep. All right, so listeners. This was episode nine of Yuri Kuma, and it, we are in the end game of the bear anime, and I'm very excited about it. We only have three episodes left because I know how to count. You do. If you would like to follow this podcast on Twitter, you can do that at UthnaCast. And if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. Alice, where can people find you online? They can find me at Lyrewolf on Twitter, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-R. And Cass, you do not have social media, but I know that you would love to use this time to plug your other podcast, one that I am quite proud of. So... I, I cede the floor to you to tell the listeners. Thank you, Panda, editor of my long-running podcast for the past couple of months. <laughs> Alice and I have a uh, separate podcast that you can check out, if you so choose, called Big Steppy. We focus on real robots, cool robots, and real robot and real cool robots. I messed up our own tagline. Uh, currently, we are working our way through Gundam Wing. <gasps> we have fucking hell. We have a series. You all need to listen. That is really the uh, reaction. We, the first that, episode of that is actually up, up and uploaded. So get on. That, that. is the reaction um, I get from literally everyone when I mention that you guys are going to tackle Gundam Wing. I always get a <gasps> from like yeah, everyone, yeah, and like, it's it is because the only people I tell about this show are women. <laughs> that's fair. Please, okay, please make sure that you mention the Sombrero Gundam because that's literally the only. That's thing G I Gundam. Do. But yes, we will. 
Okay, but that's the only thing I know about Gundam that. Wing is what I was quote unquote into before Utena, which, you know, on a longer time scale is very like, oh, that was what I was trying to be straight. <laughs> <laughs> which, which of the four was your favorite? You, you, you have to tell me. I had, the, I had the AOL handle uh, Mrs. X Marquis. <laughs> you, I bet so you fucking time. did, huh? I, yeah. I did. God damn it. I did. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that tracks uh, based on literally everything I've ever known about you as a person. <laughs> I should have. I should have known. Um, I don't know why yeah. y'all even asked, but okay. I, I, I don't know why I did either. Um, we we yeah. So we're doing Gundam Wing now. Uh, we have an episode in the pipeline about Gundam F ninety one, which was a mess, but very enjoyable. And we have another one uh, on the tabletop game Lancer, which. I am super fond of, and I think people should check out. You can find more information about uh, Big Steppy or just, you know, tweet questions at us at SteppyCast on Twitter. And uh, Yasha and Fauna, where can people find you online? You can find us at ohtori.nu. That's where our entire website and all of the things on it the world's largest English language Revolutionary Girl Usina fan site. There's not a lot of competition for that. Yeah, but yeah, that no, does mean that you are the world's largest. Also, um, never mind. I'm not going to bring this up. Continue, continue <laughs> with your plugs. And you can follow us on Twitter at O-H-T-O-R-I underscore N-U. All right. And listeners, if you'd like to support this show, we love and cherish the people who support the show. And you can join them at our Patreon. You can find that link pretty much anywhere you can find us online. By the time this episode goes out, I will be excited to show you, listeners, the new piece of merchandise that we have. It is the Akio Otori Haters Club pin. It is approved by me. It is the very first piece of merchandise I ever wanted to make when we first started doing this podcast in 2016. It was not that long ago. I refuse to believe it. I'm 100% sure it was 2016. And I just am very excited to have them and they will be here uh, by the time this episode is out. So you will be able to, if you want to get one of these, you can join the $15 Mikage tier on our Patreon, or you can honestly just like shoot me a DM. I will, you can buy these through just like my personal uh, PayPal if you don't want to sign up for the patreon for whatever reason but uh these will be offered mostly through our patreon and i hope everyone loves them as much as i do because i i didn't make this merch for everyone else i made this merch to satisfy an emotional need in my heart (laughs) and if other people want to buy them then that makes it even better perfect and also remember that if we, we get a little bit more money on patreon if this, if if you need a little bit more of an incentive, we will be doing an episode, at least one episode about talking about. Wolf yes, Rain. if I literally one Wolf person Rain. joins our Mikage fifteen dollar merch tier to get one of these pins, Alice and I will do an episode about Wolf's Rain because Alice deserves to make me watch something after years of me making her watch things. I mean, it's only fair. Really All right, so that is the end of this episode. Gal, 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 gal. Look for the bare necessities.